Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk. But if not, then you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy Howell. Welcome, livestock friends, to this edition of Before the Bid podcast. And uh, one of the reasons that I started this project was so that I could have conversations with guys that uh, are having sales and uh, producing livestock. And uh, one of the things that I was excited about was I get to talk to some of the same guys year after year or season after season. And uh, the guy that we get to talk to today was the very first uh, before the bid podcast, uh, if you want to call it a guinea pig or whatever you want to call it, uh, a good friend of mine that was willing to say, yeah, I'll step out and I'll do that. And so uh, happy to talk today uh, to a fifth generation cattleman, second generation uh, seed stock cattleman and uh, a guy that has been around the Angus world and, and he came up through the Simmental world there a bit and changed into the Angus and uh, been very successful. He is having a sale in Redmond, Oregon on Saturday, September 26th, and he calls it the No Secrets Sale. And so I want to welcome back to the podcast a guy that uh, most of us know as KBRD, Kimrick DeLashman. And uh, KBAR, been pretty interesting out there here the last couple days, and and you guys have still got some work to do here for the sale, and and you've got uh, some videos to do actually today, the day that we're recording this, but uh, you've got a little bit of of stuff in the sky there. Well, we've had... um... I think we've had record forest fire um, problems throughout the state um, and mostly to the west of us, but pretty close to us. I mean, some of these are within 15 or 20 miles, but um, on Monday of last week, um, I was looked out my looked out my kitchen window and my barn's about 75 yards from my house and I couldn't see it. Um, so we were pretty socked in for the last 14, 15 days with, with smoke from the, from the forest fire. It's really devastated some, some areas in the state and done some um, pretty heavy devastation to the agricultural community itself. We're fairly lucky on the east side of the mountains or where we are at is one, we've got some air, we have, um, we're able to, uh, to utilize an irrigation system. So we do have green grass. Um, throughout throughout the summer um, and and typically on the desert you don't usually get that much of a get too many forest fires but with that said the desert to, is um, is pretty dry right now we haven't had any moisture since um, until yesterday we hadn't had any rainfall since the first day of July um, wow. and that's not that that's abnormal for us but when it gets that dry and then we start getting these forest fires, it's, it becomes a, it definitely becomes a, an air quality issue. So we were lucky yesterday to get 
and 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 you couldn't even tell in my driveway that that we had rain uh, because given on the desert here we get between eight and ten inches of of moisture a year um so the typically the the uh um, the rainfall doesn't do a whole lot for growing the grass, but it'll knock down the dust. But what it did for us yesterday is it knocked down the, it knocked out the smoke out of the sky. So we had rescheduled our, our, uh, videos for our sale cattle for today and tomorrow. So you're, you're going to be able to have some, some cl more clear video and, and things then. Well, we'll at least be able to see the animals when we video them. <laughs> <laughs> as, long, as long as you keep them within about 10 yards of you huh? <clears throat> exactly well it's it's pretty clear right now i mean uh, we've got scattered clouds today and uh it'll be it'll be a good day to run video no question but it for um for the last three and a, or two and a half weeks it was impossible had your had your basically had your own natural fog machine then huh Basically, and, and it look, and basically it just looks like fog, but it smells different. Right, Kbardi could have changed the could have changed the whole thing about uh, smoke shows with with the cattle, huh? There you go, <laughs> <laughs> something of that nature. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be right up Kbardi's alley. <clears throat> yes, it would be. Always, always changing things, always making things more exciting, and. And uh, that'd be just like K Bar D to add a smoke show to the to the pictures and videos. <laughs> yeah, we no doubt we would certainly we would certainly um, render ourselves to to something new and different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and a year ago you you started off as I mentioned earlier you started off something new and different with uh, being the first guest on the podcast and. Uh, uh, that one went really, really well, and so I uh, want to thank you. Want to thank you for all of that, and and always a always a pleasure to talk to to K Bardi and get some insight and some thought. So, no, we certainly we certainly appreciate being being able to uh, be a part of be a part of your uh, program, and and look forward to doing it for the next for the next several years. Uh, yeah, well, I appreciate that. So. K-Bar, uh, tell us, uh, tell us who you have. You guys got those pictures and things going today. Who, who are uh, some of the people that are part of that operation and and help things go uh, there at, at K-Bar D? Well, of course, my wife has became uh, has become very, very um, important in our program. Um, she is, uh, and she is a financial advisor and and had never really been around the cattle before. But one of the things that she does really well is she knows how to put on programs for for our luncheon and our and our um, oh I don't know I guess um, you would say for um, public relations um, she's done quite a bit for us. Um, but in addition to the fact that she's an exceptionally good cook and is really good at putting on an event, um, that that's been a real positive thing for us. Um, Seth Leachman, who has has done for has done our sale book forever, um, and has been our sale manager and and is kind of a co-manager now. That we've um, he's um, been and very instrumental in, in helping us put together our our sale book. And in addition to that, the uh, some of the lots himself, as he comes out and looks around with them at us, 
looked around at the cattle and he's been a really positive impact on us as well. Um, we've got some other uh, people, Steve Cruz, that is a, has been a very integral with our, with our group. Um, and he, not only does he um, fit cattle as good as anybody there is, and he's kind of an old guy on top of it, <laughs> but um, Steve, is, Steve has been has been helping us market cattle and and bring some customers with himself, and and I guess I guess the last the not the last person, but um, about a year ago in November or be a, it'll be a year in November, my mother passed, and. She was was a very important part of our program. Not only did not only would you cons- not consider her my best friend, or would you consider her my best friend and and commandant, but but was a but was a business partner. Was a um, was a help us make decisions, and she just kind of helped um, lay the ground for for. Um, for the success that we've been able to to have over the past oh I don't know the past 40 years in the in the purebred cattle business, so we certainly miss her. And I guess with, when it comes down to what I the, the things that I've had to do in addition, now um, one of those that has been has been and I wouldn't call it a struggle, but working through the Angus Association's website is relatively easy if you're a tech if you're a tech person. Mm-hmm. And needless to say, I don't consider myself a tech person. And so registering calves has, has become somewhat of a has become a challenge, although I'm, I'm I think I've figured it out now. <laughs> right. And but other than that we've got um, we still have our same our same auctioneer that we've had forever, Butch Booker, which is, has not only been a friend for the last 35 or 40 years, but has done such an excellent job in in uh, in our um, program and and is always a very positive impact on on our buyer base. Um, Kate Roberts does a wonderful job on our photographies, you know, and it's always interesting, different photographers find a different picture, but the one thing that we always find with Kate is, is when she takes a picture of them, that's what they look like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we're looking looking for. Um, so, um, with that said, I'm, um, that kind of rounds out our, our group. Um, we have had, uh, we don't have. We've got uh, a handful of people that have that have worked with us here, right here at home, and that are local local friends. And um, and our program has certainly seemed to grow over the last year. Right. Yeah. And and you can tell that uh, looking at the catalog, some of the successes that uh, that you've had, and we're going to get to that here uh, in just a little bit. Uh, K-Bar, you had a, uh, interesting, and we talked about it on the last podcast, you had a, an interesting fall last fall, and you made a run for the, uh, American Angus board, and, uh, I guess I, I just want to lead you in, tell us about that, and, and, uh, what's coming up this year, uh, as far as, as a board run. Well, last year, you know, we had, and, and I have been thinking of running for the board of directors for, for several years, and 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 I guess you know it's, it's driven by the passion and the uh, the passion I have for for the cattle business and and the Angus breed 
um, itself. And, um, and I had several people tell me, you know, maybe this isn't the time to run for the board of directors. We've got five incumbents and there's only five places on the board, which each of those incumbents eventually at the end of the votes um, uh, took those positions, although they were all very, very uh, worthy uh, very worthy um, boarded or directors on the board and, and certainly have done uh, an excellent job with our program. Um, but one of the things that we did do and, and is we learned a lot about the process, and I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And I, I was also informed by, by um, more, than, more than, than a handful of people that for the most part, the first time you run for the board, you don't get on. And we've had several past presidents that it took them two, three, and four times to run for the board before they got elected. And and I think that maybe the maybe that gives us a a greater understanding of what we are actually um, giving ourselves to do. And what I mean by that is, is it's, it is going to be a – it takes time to be a board of director. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, not, it's not something that you take lightly. Mm-hmm. It's not something that, that is, isn't – that's important to one and not important to the other because every decision they make is important. And, to, and, and from what I've found is our board needs to be um, – needs every – Every member is important, is just as important as the other. As we become a board of director, and and any of the things that they feel are are important, or things that they would like to like to see, are things that board of directors need to hear and and speak a voice for for the membership. So and that's so. With that said, and and our our tone from last year hasn't really changed much because I think that we need membership involvement is very important. Uh, matter of fact, I think that last year, a few of us that were running for the board that didn't make it on, um, one of the things that we all presented to everybody was more membership involvement. And I think as I look at look around myself and look around at the commu- the Angus community, I think we have more membership involvement this year than we have in the past few years mm-hmm. right so maybe not even making it on the board has had a little bit of an impact right just running um, and, and being out there be just running and being out there and, and expressing our interests and in what what we feel and what the what the members around us that have um contacted us prior to the to the board vote um, and, and prior to our, our uh, going to the convention and sharing these feelings with everybody, I, th- I think maybe there's there's a tone of of greater membership involvement today than there was prior to last year. And there's there's so many places we could go uh, we could go with that discussion, uh, being being involved in the Angus breed myself and and uh, of course us uh, knowing knowing about those board runs and things. Uh, uh, so there's so many different places, but uh, I agree. I agree with uh, more membership, uh, more membership involvement, and and a breed that is made up of of the vast majority of of breeders having under under 25 head. 
uh, but uh, but still being members. So I, I appreciate personally. I appreciate you you bringing that out that uh, that that all members uh, have a have a say and need a say. Yes. Yeah, and, and uh, I do. I I like your uh, I like your experience because this year there's there are more open spots. And it's, you know, we talk about, about guys that are in sports or whatever else, and, and they've got experience. And the experience takes over when the championships come about. And, and same thing in the show ring, uh, you're just gaining that experience. And uh, so uh, so I want to, uh, want to wish you luck with that. And, and uh, congratulations on stepping out last year and, and getting that experience and making that run. So heard uh, I didn't make it out there, but heard a lot of positive things about your run. So want to wish you luck this time. And my plan is to be there this time. So uh, we'll get to we'll get to shake hands and talk and and uh, talk some things over. Well, yeah, and you're 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 in driving distance this year, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... We could we, we could we were in driving distance last year, although um, I suppose we can drive to Kansas City because we're going to for the American Royal, but. Um, I don't know if we'll be driving there two weeks in a row. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would that would be uh, that'd be quite a challenge. K Bar, uh, your program, uh, you do quite a few things. Uh, of course, you you AI to, to outside sources, but you do use your own uh, bulls and your own genetics to get to where you are and and have some of the success that you do. And you got a couple bulls here that uh, let's let's talk about those just a bit. Uh, and, and explain those bulls and, and uh, you know, do, do you have some semen on these bulls that you can offer and, and things like that? Sure. Well, I guess the, the first bull that we would like to, that we would like to talk about would be on point, which is a bull that we, that we put together a syndicate on here in our 2008 sale. Um, on point's a bull that, that we stretched out and I mean stretched our arms and wings and and decided to use turning point um, Stevenson turning point um, and and at and you know you're always a little skeptical on using a new bull using a new pedigree and an, a new pedigree to us I guess his pedigree wasn't really new to everybody else but it's something that we hadn't experienced a whole lot of because we typically have had an outcross program with comparison to to several other programs in our region and and across the west um, but on point has done done about what we like and wanted him to do we've got a calf that we wanted a moderate package um we wanted a, ca a package that had a lot of muscle and a lot of shape and had some rib cage to him and had some some internal dimension but at the same time with all of those with all of those performance type traits that we're talking about that create weight and pounds per day of age we want a calf that we want an animal that has a sharp feature to it because we like to show these cattle and believe it or not i think that if if we take our calves to the if we sell bulls out of on point and his calves go to the sale barn um there's one thing that i've found for sure that um the best looking calves at the sale always bring the most money. And so I guess um, that's one of the things that we're able to hit with on point is we've got, we're kind of bridging the gap. And that's one of our slogans that we, that we've used over the past is bridging the gap between, between the show ring and the rail mm -hmm. and the show ring and performance and the show ring and the pasture. 
and and I think on point given the fact that he is a that he's he's a a descendant of the Windy Cow family. He's got a shot of uh, the Savannah Cow family in it through Joe Canada, and then we 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 put in the um, the genetics of the of, of the Sitz Ranch into that program and through Platmere Way Up, and I think we get a really really strong package um, that that bridges the gap between the ring and the rail, and helps build that better beef at the same time, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the we have a we one of our one of our thoughts is always, you know, we want to be we want a balanced product instead of having a having a 120 marbling EPD with a 40 or a 20 ribeye EPD. We'd like to have a have a have a balanced mar, uh, a balanced carcass program we'd like to have balanced data from top to bottom and i think that really um kind of exemplifies our program when you start to look at some of our data packages um one of the things that we that we want to do with with all of our cattle because instead of having a, a couple different herds that we can that we can pull show cattle from this herd and performance cattle from this other herd mm-hmm. or car cattle whatever you want to to term them as mm-hmm. we've got a, we've got one herd of cattle and we want that herd to do to do all of those things wrapped up into one what wrapped up into one package and i think that's what what our, our process has been and i think that's what we're starting to see within within our program and that's a very big task very huge task i think it is a big degree. task and, and I think when we're talking about using your own bulls, that the the only way for for us to use or to to be successful at that level or doing those type of things is by using your own bulls because you're you we have the confidence in our cow families, and I do believe that that um, all of these bulls that that we use are all driven by cow families and the better and the cow families. Um, we can see those, um, as we go, as those cattle get, get older and more, put more generations together, those cow families, um, seem to become prominent and more prominent as the, as the genetics, um, pro- uh, proceed forward. Right. Or yeah. progress. Say. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Tell us about the so, smoking Joe as well. Smoke. Smoking Joe is a is is a combination of of what I think are three of the most powerful cow families in the Angus breed. Um, you know, there, there's no question that Princess Ten Twelve Green's Princess Ten Twelve has been the most dominant factor in the show ring um, over the last 20 years of any of any um, cow family there's been in the breed. Um, and and then you start putting in these um the savannah cow family you start touching on this this windy cow family um and and i think you combine those type of genetics together and and you have a you don't have to worry about success because you've got it looking in right in the face mm-hmm. smoke and joe is a com- is a combination of those three cow families and those three cow families at their very best um 
Smoking Joe's mother's an insight daughter out of a first class out of a out of a BC Raven goes back to Princess 1012 and and within that group right there you've got you've got kind of a different group of bulls that you've been using within those cow within that cow within that um cow family mm-hmm. and with that said smoking joe is exemplifies what what we're really one of the things we're really looking at i mean has a tremendous weaning and yearling ep or or an actual weaning weaning and weaning weight and yearling weights and has a very balanced data package but a bull that has a tremendous phenotype and and we, you can see that in some of the calves that we've got in the sale we've got uh, got a steer calf out of him and a heifer calf that that you can you can see those those characteristics in. So with that said, that and we will, as a matter of fact, that bull sold in Denver last year, and I'm going to contact our, or our buyer so we can get some semen on him because we think he's a very important part of our program, and we're going to have to use him again this fall. Right. Yeah. And always nice to to send him to somebody else and. Uh... Uh, need some of that back so that he can go on and have success at other programs as well. Yeah, and and one of the things, one of the nice things it is, is is we know what he can do right. because he's done it. So that's pretty important. For him. Are any of those any of those calves going to be available other than just at, at KBRD? Then you think, or you think those guys are going to hold on to them? I don't know what they will do. I haven't chatted. I have talked to them twice since they've bought the bull, but not since they've not since they've um, since we've had any of these calves grow up. Um, but yeah, I think that he. I think there. There's no doubt when you start looking at at the at the calves in our offering here, um, and what what the bull has done to the to the dams <clears throat> in terms of. Um, the connection of their genetics. I think that those people will, um, they'll, they'll want to present those calves to other people because they're going to have such an exceptional phenotype. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And we'll get into one of those that's in the sale here. So, uh, we'll, we'll catch that one, catch that one here in just a minute. So you keep talking this windy thing, K-Bar, and, and we told the story on the last podcast, but uh, if they didn't listen to the last podcast, this windy cow that, that you say everybody needs a windy, one, because you like them so well, and two, because they're so successful. Uh, if you go to the catalog, you can see all the success the Wendy's have had and things, and, and probably not the most typical way to uh, start a program with with a certain cow as uh what this windy story is and and i always love hearing this windy story so if you would how did the windy thing come about well i mean and i take a make a make a long story short um we've been in the angus breed i don't know how many years at the pre at that time i suppose it'd been I think we got started in 1990, and that would have been in 2001. We'd already had some success in the in in the show ring, and we had started with a bull called Kruger and Adonimir that had been been very important, and at the time was very important to the Angus breed from the standpoint of of bridging the gap. Um, then I was I happened to Louisville one year. <clears throat> 
and I was sitting at a we were at, at a dinner table together with a with a friend Brian Berger and and one of his friends and which is Ray Schneider from from Illinois and Ray tosses this picture over the table to me and I'm looking at this heifer calf which is double bar windy 9a and I look at her and I look at, at Ray and she said she's for sale and I said well I looked at Brian and I said Brian what do you think and he says well if Ray says she's a good one she's a good one and we made a deal on her right then and we had had it a friend that was from Colorado that was in in Louisville and stopped on his way through in, through <clears throat> Illinois on his way home and picked her up and brought her to Colorado and then I picked her up in Colorado and that was the beginning of the Wendy Cow family for us. She was a January heifer calf. We decided that year that we were going to put her make her a part of our show string which didn't take much to decide that because she was an exceptional female as a calf and we showed her in denver we brought her back the next year as a bred heifer and and she ended up winning her class in denver and that and at that year there was uh um princess 1012 won that division and was champion female and i guess what really and you know people noticed Wendy 9A a lot, and we get a lot of get a lot of positive um, positive comments about her from several people, especially the people that we were competing with. And so the following year, we decided to show her as a cow calf pair, and she ended up that year was show cow calf pair of the year. She ended up winning the Oregon State Fair. She won the Idaho State Fair and the California State Fair ROVs. And then we took her to Louisville, <clears throat> where it's Princess 1012 was there, and Princess 1012 was reserved female, reserved cow-calf pair to Wendy 9A. So that's where those two cow families um, really kind of matched themselves together. And, and from this point, we've always been, um, have been pretty intent on, on mating this windy cow family well enough that we could um, could maintain some show cattle out of them, but also create some performance and some carcass cattle out of them as, out of her as well. Right. And as you'll notice, if you go go through my sale book, I don't think there's anything. I'm not. I'm, I'm positive there's nothing in the sale book that doesn't have windy in her or mm-hmm. in the in it one place i mean we've got a few different cow families represented but everything's got a wendy in it either from a dam or from a sire right so what a what a major impact and uh bought off of a bought off sight unseen off of a picture sitting in uh sitting in louisville at the dinner table and if it wouldn't have been for brian berry i probably wouldn't have done it but brian, <laughs> <laughs> brian says if, if ray says he's got a good one he's got a good one that's that is a it's such anyway, a cool story. That's, that's how we started with that program. Such a cool story, yeah. And when you go when you go through the catalog, uh, which we're gonna do in in just a bit, uh, just full of full of Wendy's and and full of really good cattle. And uh, one thing, K Bar, I want to hit on before we go into the into the sale cattle. Last year, you started a showmanship contest after the sale. 
Uh, and and so these calves that you have for sale, they are so broke and so ready to put into Junior's hands that you decided we're going to have a showmanship contest. Uh, tell us tell us about that and and how that went and and the success of that. Well, that went really well. We had actually uh, from and we and as you'll know, you know, we don't have a large offering, um, but we get a quite a quite a good junior. Um, group that's buying and we had eight eight juniors had bought calves in the sale four of which ended up um, participating in the showmanship contest and one of them actually you know at the end end of the event wins fifteen hundred dollars um so right after the set what we do is if you have to we designate the lots in the sale that are that we feel like our hulls are broke enough for actually all the heifer calves are are and steer calves are eligible to be in the showmanship contest um bred heifers of course unless we have one of those that that was halter broke from the year before we typically don't utilize them in the in the showmanship contest so it's typically a calf show and we do and we do make sure that all of these calves are are halter broke and and docile so anybody can show them um so after our event last year one of our ring men um kyle collier which i'm sure several of you know the collier herford program kyle's one of our ring men and kyle did the did the judging and the showmanship and i think we had a really good success with that so each each division winner gets um gets a gets paid for winning its division and reserve gets paid and then they can come all four of them can all of them can come back all four of them can come back for the supreme champion showman and that supreme champion showman takes the big pot so it was it was a very um it was a very good program last year and we've actually had um had a handful of calls, additional calls this year about it and, and wondering about how how docile is this heifer calf, so on and so forth. And and I guess I can answer that question is this is probably the most docile group of calves we've had in in several years and and we're pretty confident that uh, you could send a ten year old out there um showing and showing showmanship and with any of these heifer calves and feel comfortable. So, uh, yeah, good sale, good sale prep uh, with these heifers, and uh, man, that'd be cool to to uh, get on there, get on that halter right after you bought her, and uh, hopefully go win you some money and and get you some of that money back. Yeah, and you know, I think um, everybody. I mean, one thing, one thing we do, we know for sure is these kids if they want to, if they want, if they buy a heifer, they'd love to be able to show it the day they buy it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, how that's that's about one of the fastest turns around, turnarounds I've ever uh, I'd ever heard of. You know, usually they'll show them the day before, and then you can buy them. Uh, but then the the junior's got to take them home. But this way, hey, I just bought this heifer, and I'm going to turn around and and exhibit her. You bet, you bet. I think that's a really cool program, uh, and uh, I, I just wish you success on that. And and I think that is I just think that is so cool to have those calves that ready. Uh, and, and they can buy those. They can buy those heifers with with confidence that that they can show them already. And it's not well. I, I hope we can get her broke. It's it's she's broke and ready to go. So yeah, everything in the 
everything in the events broke and and if there's something in here that's a little bit that was a little bit feisty um or not something that we we feel like we couldn't get broke to show they wouldn't be we wouldn't um we wouldn't either either wouldn't have them in the sale or we would designate that this is not a kid's heifer mm -hmm. and there's a list of those heifers if if you go to the sale catalog uh, there is a list of those those heifers on the back uh on the back pages so you can you can uh check those out so uh k-bar where can we find this catalog because we're getting ready to go through these cattle here uh where can we find this catalog so that they can go through it if they don't have one in hand you can go to our website which is www.kbardranch.com or you can also go to angus.org to sale books and you'll find us there all right, good. You go yeah. to the Oregon section of Star Books, and it'll be right in there. Yeah, and K-Bar, uh, I can't make it. Uh, we're, we're a few hours away. I think I looked it up last year, and it's like 26 hours or something uh, if I'm going to try to drive it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I don't have a plane ticket. So how can I see some things that, uh, that I need to see and see the sale and be able to bid if I can't make it? Well, one of the things that um, – LiveAuctions.tv is going to broadcast this live um, on sale day. So if you you if you get um, if you feel like you want to be a, a be a bidder, I would I would go ahead and or you can be a bidder, you can be a participant, or you can be a viewer. Either one. If I was going to be a bidder, I would on the day before or early in that morning of the of Saturday the 26th, since our sales at 1 p.m. I would go in and register for um, for a um, for a buyer's number, um, and you might want to do that the day previous so you can get um, can get approved for it through Live Auctions TV. Um, or if you just want to be a uh, a viewer, you can do the you can do the sale, and you just go in and 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 register with liveauctions.tv and you will and you'll be able to watch the event um i i would though i would uh um since a couple last year we have had a, had some issues with or an issue with one of our potential buyers that was from the east coast and didn't realize the difference in our time in our time zones and missed the and missed the first half of, half of the sale so you might want to make sure about your uh, about your time difference between us and and wherever you might be as well right yeah and the east coast so is we're, three, we're, go ahead three hours from the east coast so mid mid yeah i don't i believe that um yeah you're three hours from the east coast i think you're three hours from indiana right now Yep. Um, and, and that may change between when, when is the, when do we go into daylight savings time here? I can't remember, but, um, it's, I think it ends up being two hours between Indiana and us. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I'm not positive, but, but you certainly want to make sure of that, um, prior to the event Pacific standard time that way, that way you don't miss don't miss the first half of the sale and actually given the the limited number of of uh lots that we have since we only have 20 live animals and 25 lots um 
you might miss the whole sale if you're if you if it, I would assume that we might take 45 to 50 minutes for the event. And typically we we try to start as close to 1 p.m. as as possible. That um, getting people reseated after having lunch. Um, we typically are sit are are starting between 1:10 and 1:15. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was able to watch it last year and uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, so, yeah, easy. We were we were actually out running around uh, looking at other cattle as well. And so I was able to get on and, and watch and bid as well. So uh, it's, uh, of course, really easy nice. as, as live auctions makes it. Uh, so or obviously get a hold of one of you guys uh, if if you don't want to do that or, or sometimes the, the – you know, sometimes there are there are problems. Uh, you and I have had a little bit of internet problems with this thing, and so if you want to do that, call you guys and and set in a bid or be on the phone as well, right? Yeah, I, I one of the things that we do that we have had in the in one year we've had some issues in the past. Our matter of fact, one of the years our lot one heifer, um, the people that ended up buying her logged in were there was two family members were logged into live auctions TV and neither one of them were able to bid. So we've got the heifer in the sale ring and, and um, I get a phone call. Hey, we're trying to bid on live auctions TV, but we can't get a bid put in. So I took their bids for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, Needless to say, they didn't get by the heifer, but um, <laughs> at least they were able to participate. And right. that's what that's um, pretty important to them. Many different ways you can do that. And K-Bar, let's go down. Let's go down through some of these cattle. I've looked at this thing on online, and and man, I can't wait to get the videos on these things and and put this put this podcast video together. And because uh, man, these cattle these cattle really look awesome. Uh, through this catalog so why don't you go through here and and we'll we'll hit a few highlights and and uh, tell us about some of these cattle that are in the sale well let's first i guess we'll hit on hit on lot one and lot two and lot and i and i really um and like i told you before i'm a cow family fan and this windy cow family super strong and and i mean everything in our event is going to have is going to be is going to link to Wendy to a certain extent, um, and 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 uh, lot one and lot two's mothers both were um, in 2019 were class winners in Denver. Lot um, lot two's mother 151 was was um, junior champion that year. Went back last year in 2020. He was cow calf pair and was champion cow calf pair. She also um, there is from what we have found has never been an uh, Angus female has never won its division in Denver three years in a row until her. Um, with that said, we're really proud of this um, turning point heifer calf that she's got. She's um, looks a lot like her mother with that nice soggy side to her and has that nice sweep to her underline or female that, that is, you can, you can see she's kind of cocky fronted and, and has a real nice arch to her front end. I kind of like to um, to um, compare them to like a little thoroughbred racehorse that they get. They'll pick their head and neck up and have a little arch to their front end. And it seems to me that those cattle are 
are are um, the ones that never get missed in the show ring. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, lot one and lot one and lot two are females that are that are extremely neat neat up to that front one third. But when you start talking about some of the other traits that 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 it takes to be um, be valuable to us in terms of our in terms of the show ring and in terms of the the forever marketability um we find them as as tremendous cow prospects as well with a nice balanced data package on each one of these females mm-hmm. i think each of each of these females um are definitely um big leaguers is the way i consider them or heifers that can go depending on the management and how they're and how they're taken care of they can be um big league winners at any event across the country they sure look like it yeah and with the with the cow power to back them why not so yeah i think i think i think it takes cow power i think and i think if we look at our at most of our um most of the cattle that that have that come to the top as as carcass cattle, the cattle that come to the top as show cattle, you're looking at cow families through through the Wendy's, through the um, through the Princesses, through the Sandys, etc. I think that those those cow families are are dominant in their worlds. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, we take a look at this lot number three, and and lot number three and lot number four are are, are interesting females because they're. Um, lot three is out of Smoking Joe, which which uh, we talked about him earlier. And one of the neat things about Smoking Joe that he does is he puts that nice sweep to the underline of these cattle, and and there's a ton of meat and a ton of power in his calves, but they have a really good look from, from the side. Then you get behind them, and there's a lot of width and dimension, and and just just a lot of 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 the performance type things that we're looking for. But we get from the side and you've got a really good good look from from a profile which um i can't it's hard it's hard for a judge to to pick one that doesn't look good from the side because he's got to stand behind it in the picture mm-hmm. right and these this this little, this little heifer is one of those that you won't have to worry about stand getting standing behind her in a picture if you're judging and if you're owner you're not going to have to worry about following too many people right she's definitely going to be a leader she's really cool so the four heifer is kind of one of these that's kind of got this um is kind of stacked um with with a couple shots of windy in her her um she's out of on point and which we which we talked about earlier is our bridging the gap sire um that puts a bunch of body and a bunch of muscle in them but also puts a neat look to their front end this heifer is one of those that exemplifies that from the side view she's really deep she's really wide base she's really bold sprung but she's also very sharp in terms of her features up through that front one third female that combines not only the windy cow family um but it goes back to joe canada's mother and uh through new stand and with a new standard daughter out of Joe Canada's mother and uh, really 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 a brood cow prospect here in addition to the fact that she's gonna she's gonna make it to the backdrop more times than most people um, that than than you would think and um, anyway we 
Yeah, and this is one that we're retaining a half embryo interest in um, because we haven't got, um, we have not, not flushed her dam yet, and we want to keep an embryo interest in this one. So, and there's actually only two heifers in here that we have. The lot three heifers out of a first calf, first calf heifer um, that we that we have the ability to flush. The lot five heifers out of a second calf heifer. The lot six heifers out of a second calver. Um, and then, um, so that um, the that lot one and that lot um, four, the two that we we chose to keep an embryo interest in because we don't have that much production out of them. And lot four's mother's had has had two bull calves and then this one. So um, we kind of want to get some get some females out of that family. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought it up about that lot four. She's my type, that that cowie. She's really got that cowie look, and and uh, I I really appreciate that. She is is maybe the epitome of bridging the gap. Yes. Um, with all that body and muscle and dimension, with a really neat look. So lot five in our in our lineup is a female that we think is a really a. Um, is something that's pretty special as she combines that super phenotype, um, really feminine front and a really <clears throat> refined in her in her kind, a real soft sided female. Female as you look at her from a profile, we really like her top and how she holds herself as she moves. She really moves with a nice athletic base. Um, female that when you look, you get down and start looking at her data, and you'll notice in the sale book we've got interim data and which has changed now um and so we've got a ced now of a, of a nine we've got a birth weight of a 1.1 the rest of the data package has pretty much stayed the same outside of dollar c has grown to 255 which we start talking about utilizing the genetics and the things that we've done here at kbrd and 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 wanting to bridge the gap between the the ring and reality and this is a heifer that really does that all in one in one super neat package so for you um folks that are that like to show and also like to have genotype here's the one that you're gonna that'll certainly come to the top of your list that's the way i am k bar you gotta gotta be able to turn them out once you're done yeah well you certainly um one thing about it is is when you when you come here and this is one of the things like with 151 i can't remember any i don't remember the any of these show heifers that had won and been very and been really successful as calves and bred heifers that have been coming back as as cow calf pairs Mm -hmm. And so with 151 winning her division in Denver for three years in a row and and capping it by being cow calf champion kind of gives you an, uh, a, a light of what KBRD genetics really are about. And that's um, not only do we have show cattle, but we have cattle that'll, that'll, that'll go <clears throat> create it in the real world as well. Mm-hmm. So moving on to to the lot six heifer. Lot six is a heifer that we re, the phenotype on this heifer is really exceptional. She's super neat sided. She's really rocket fronted. Got her got an arch to her front end that many don't. But a female that also goes back to um, <clears throat> goes back to Wendy a couple times in there with this turning point five F bull is a bull that um, that we used as 
as cleanup last year that we feel very, very confident in a bull that's got a really nice balanced data package, but he's also very good in terms of his in terms of his phenotype. He's got a picture in the back of the book here also. But if you if you check the data on this little gal and she's no doubt a show heifer and I've been a show stopper for for sure. Um, but you look at the data package on her and, and she'll fit any data in <clears throat> any performance or carcass herd in the country. So there's one that, that, that we feel like is is one of the showstoppers in our April group. Um, the lot seven heifer is a heifer that's an insight and and you'll note that that we have um, an embryo package at the in in the event also that is a full sib to this heifer. Here's a heifer that mother topped her sale and 2017 as, as the top bred heifer and actually become um, the highest or the highest selling bred heifer in our program. Um, this little heifer is one that's super, super stout, super big ribbed, super um, good muscled, a female that's really level rumped and really level topped and really wide based, a heifer that's going to make a tremendous cow. And um, after she's done in the show ring, if she gets shown, she's one that, um, that you'll want to uh, want to flush yourself. So we get down to lot number eight, which and lot eight is a is somewhat of a um, interesting gal. She's a triple. She's got three shots of Wendy in her mm -hmm. through 19B or through 19B, which is 25 or on points dam, and then we've got um, a two uh, shot of Joe Canada through Smoke and Joe with the with windy 1057 then also we've got uh windy 12u which is the dam of is the grand dam and here's a heifer that's really long-sided really long fronted got a nice sweep to that underline got a lot of bone big footed a really really athletic and free moving female a female that'll certainly um uh, catch the eye in the show ring as well as she's going to end up being a, a tremendous producing female the next female we've got in here here's one of our really really stout performance females in the sale this is the dolly cow and and dolly um oh the grand or the dam of this heifer calf we purchased the malsons in uh I believe it was in their 15, their 2015 event. She's produced us a couple, two different bulls um, that that we've sold very well. Um, she's also had a heifer that now is, is resides at um, in uh, at PKM Angus and Sherwood. Female that's really big bodied, really heavy muscled, really wide based got a lot of extension about her female that may not be the the showiest of the bunch but she's the brood cow mm -hmm. of she's a she's a brood cow producing uh, machine um we get down to the lot 10 heifer here's a heifer that that um is out is a, a calf out of a first calf heifer going back or out of j and j way up with j and j way up had our high seller our lot one heifer last year was the high seller and ended up um being very well um received in nebraska um this heifer calf's mother is a full sister to wendy 19b wendy 19b uh, once again is the dam of of uh on point 25f 
Um, here's the heifer calf that has exceptional phenotype, exceptional look from the side, has some has a really nice balanced data package. This is a heifer that we feel has a lot of promise as we go down the road in the show ring. And once again, as you can see, the full sister to her mother, and look at the utter the utter design and mm -hmm. things that come with that with that Wendy family. Um, the next heifer in the event, which will be the last Angus heifer that we have in the sale, actually comes from a female that that uh, traces back to one of the first three or four heifers that we started with when we had when we got Angus in the in the early 90s. Um, this 31F Chocolate 31F is a go is a Mojo daughter. And once again, this one here's an on point. So we're getting two shots of two shots of Wendy there um, through the sire's side. But we go back into this pedigree and we pick up Kruger and Adonamere and Stockman 365, which were two of the two of the very important bulls in in the building of our of the Angus breed in mm -hmm. the in the early 90s. Agreed. Here's a heifer that's that as you can see in the picture um real big bodied really really big bone really big footed really nice down her spine top here's a heifer that's not the biggest heifer in the sale but she tilts down the scales mm -hmm. female that that uh, once again has a balanced set of data and uh would be one that you can breed can breed a lot of different ways to come up with a great with the with the end result the next heifer in the event, which is our three-quarter Angus quarter blood Simmental, um, is a heifer that just extremely neat in her phenotype and really good-sided, got that sweep to her underline. The day she was born, um, I've been waiting on the cow to calve, and she's a she's out of turning point 5F, and I'd been waiting for this cow to calve and was hoping to get a heifer calf. Mm -hmm. Although the bull market out of this cow has been exceptional for us and selling three-quarter Angus bulls um, and quarter blood Simmentals has not been has not been a detriment here. Mm -hmm. um, with with that said, this, here's a heifer that's going to go to some jackpot shows and be and be a supreme female multiple times. Um, really good footed, really good butted, and and as you can see, got that whistle front end. Mm -hmm backed by a bunch of cow power um, and we do have a dna sample on her but we didn't have the boxes to fit it in here um but <clears throat> which we'll have those on sale day Good. so th then we'll let's move into our bread heifers and and andy and i've been talking about some of the some of the things that that we found with our dna samples here's a female that that has that that notes the CAB logo on its registration paper, um, which the association has designated the front end of our carcass cattle. Um, you start looking at phenotype and data and genotype and putting all those things in one package together. And here's a female that's probably as good as anything that 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 I think is anything you can find in 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 the industry with this this phenotype and genotype combination. 
really good sided really good top really nice good footed got a sweet front end a female with that has that body and internal dimension that we're looking for um but also has pumps up that data package that so many are wanting to combine with this phenotype here's here's a heifer that that is no doubt is a um is a, a donor cow and you'll note at the bottom of her footnote that we have we have chose the rights for for one flush um conventional and so we and uh six viable embryos and the reasons for that is because we want to make sure that we have something out of this female mm -hmm. don't blame um, me a bit there yeah and i i i think that and i think if you're a show cattle person or a genotype person or or whatever or whatever you are a female like this fits 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 whatever mold that you want to be involved in mm -hmm. and is probably like we say is is they is the great uh is able to be a producer of those who uh, bridge the gap between the ring and the reality mm -hmm. so um, the next cow, here's a female that's just big bodied and wide based and, and just a massive female goes back to a bull that we bought from, from, uh, Travis Pembroke in, in Oklahoma, which at the time was a traveler 004 son really did left a lot of good females for us. You'll note that she's at that, that pedigree, that 12 X. So 12 X is a, is quite a few years ago um with her dam but with that said um the unity bull has been has been a really um important part of our program um as he's put a lot of body and a lot of shape and really sound free moving cattle um here's the heifer that being bred to on point what he what we're seeing him do is is not only does he help help the body and the muscle shape and the profile but he puts a whistle front end on them and i guess if we were going to show make a comparison or make a um an evaluation of what i'd like to do with this one is i'd just like to make a little more of a whistle front end on her and she'd be right on top of uh, on top of it female that we really appreciate for for all of that substance mm -hmm. as we get down into to 42g which is lot 15 her grand dam was was uh reserve grand at the american royal in 2002 here's also a really good phenotype female and after after the dna sample you'll you'll note that um that she's shown has shown a, <clears throat> a really nice data package not exceptional anywhere but really balanced from end to end um the 16 heifer is is a female once again is one of those that has a couple shots of wendy in her and a shot of joe canada really a neat sided neat fronted female that has a lot of a lot of promise to her you'll note that we don't have epds on this female and for some some reason or somehow last fall she slipped through the cracks as um as my mother as you noted on our inside cover passed and she used to do all of our registrations um this was my fault and i missed her and didn't get her registered same with the lot 17 heifer you'll note um that she's a half blood simmental and, and 
out of uh, would be a sister to the lot 12 heifer. Here's a heifer with tremendous phenotype, has a, does have a, um, we have a DNA sample on her. Um, and there, here's one that's really neat, really good sided, got, got a big old base under, um, really feminine in her makeup, female that's bred to native Joe and will have a three quarter Angus calf in her. Um, here's one that we think that, that is a exceptional female in our, in our lineup this year. Um, moving on to the steer calves, and we talked about some of the bulls that we've been using with with um, On Point and Smoking Joe and and them. Um, and and we'll and we'll in this group we've got we've got a five F son, we've got two Smoking Joe sons, and we've got a got a son of a of a in depth, which is an Insight Windy Ten Fifty Seven son. All of these calves are super muscular, are super nice in terms of their rib cage. Calves that are good footed, wide based, are gonna make um, <clears throat> gonna make excellent uh, steer prospects. I'd say two of these, this 18 and 19, are both um, pros are junior national candidates. Um, really got the, that angle to their front end, got the look that that um, we're looking at from the standpoint of rib cage and muscle dimension and so on. So those guys are uh, are going are something that we're looking forward to um, <clears throat> seeing how they turn out down the, in the future. Mm -hmm. When we get into our embryo lots, we talked about a lot seven is is a full sib to um, would be a full sib to the embryo to the five embryos that are selling is lot 22. Um, you'll see the um, the 215 D daughters last year that sold for um, that sold uh, as lots. I think they were lots three and four last year in the sale and and really super neat females out of out of synergy. Um, the uh, 1057, we've talked a lot about her as we've got a bunch of that um, spread throughout the group. Um, she would be uh, your lot eight. That would be that would be one of that would be one of her granddaughters, female. That, and these turning point embryos are, will be a really a, a positive in, input for any herd. We get down to Wendy 3F, which is the dam of lot 10, and so you can see the you can see the phenotype of 3F's calves, first calf in lot 10. Um, we decided to to since we've had so much success giving that that uh, that 16B and 3F are full sibs, we decided to flush her to Insight. And, and offer a set of embryos here in the sale. Um, so lot 25 is going to cap our cap our uh, our offering, and not to say that that last is is least because there's no way we could call a female like this at our program least. Mm -hmm. um, ROV show cow calf pair of the year last year. We purchased this female from Silveras in in uh, in their 2018 sale. Um, just a female that has just done um, 
everything we've wanted her to do. She has produced Smoke and Joe. Um, she's done been exceptional on embryo transplant. She breeds back good. And she, to me, is the push-button cow. She's the right size. She's got the right look. And she just does everything we like. We're really excited about this mating between this princess female combining combining on point going back to Wendy 19b we think there's a lot of promise in that bunch two very powerful cow families right there yeah I we we're pretty proud of them next you'll notice on our on our donor cow page that we've got um, we have multiple any of these cows can we can sell you a, a flush um, on these either IVF or conventional and there's one, two, three, oh, I guess there's two of these, three of these cows that, uh, two of them that have just calved, one of them that's getting ready to calve. And so there'll be four or five of these that'll be ready to do ET work on soon. So if somebody's interested in buying a flush private treaty, they're certainly welcome. Um, with that said, I think we'll, um, I've, we've, I think we've gone through our, through our lineup and, and is there any questions that you might have, Andy? I don't think so. Uh, just uh, what a what a very powerful lineup uh, as as uh, it always has been, and, and certainly as it was last year. And and I think you've stepped it up again uh, with with this set of this set of cattle. What a what a great set! And and I'm sure any any questions that they have, they can get a hold of you. Videos uh, will be. Will be shortly. Uh, if you're not videos watching a, will be posted on Monday. If you're not watching a podcast video, uh, we can do that. And uh, again, just uh, get a hold of those guys if if you need uh, anything on sale day or you have any questions before uh, KBRD. Uh, one of the one of the great guys that I enjoy talking to uh, about uh, about different things and about cattle, and it's going to tell you what they are and and uh, help you out all that he can. And so I really really appreciate that. Uh, about K-Bar and, and what he has going on there. So, K-Bar, uh, anything else we need to we need to know about the, the No Secrets sale here Saturday, September 26th, 1 o'clock. And, again, that's 1 o'clock in Oregon time. So uh, we want to invite you guys out to Redmond, Oregon to see that, or you can be on live and liveauctions.tv so they can bid on that as well. Uh, K-Bar, I guess anything else that, that we didn't cover that, that we need to I can't think of anything. Okay. Want to wish you luck on the sale, K-Bar. And uh, been great working with you on this podcast. And uh, I'll be watching. Uh, as we were last year, we were driving around looking at cattle. But uh, we got on, watched the sale. And uh, so I will I will be sure to do that. And uh, maybe, maybe even bring one back to Indiana. There you go. We'd like to send you one. All right. Want to wish you luck on the sale. And again, want to wish you luck on your Angus board run. I uh, want to wish you luck for that, and, and we'll look forward to, to seeing you out there at, at uh, Kansas City this year. Right on. We'll see you then, Andy, and thank you very much. All righty. Well, thank you, K-Bar. And we want to thank you for listening to another edition of Before the Bid Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or Facebook twitter youtube and instagram pages for information on being a guest on before the bid please email us at before the bid at gmail.com or one of our social media pages remember that's before the bid at gmail.com happy sales to you and we will talk to you next time on before the bid <laughs>